What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton. Welcome to Thrillist Best and the Rest. Okay, first off, really quickly, we want to get to know you all a little bit better, so we have a quick survey we'd love for you to take. It will only take a couple minutes of your time, and it will help us do our job a lot better. There's a link in our description, or you can go straight to Thrillist.com survey. I would really appreciate it. Once again, Thrillist.com survey. Please go fill it out. Um, it'll make the show better, and that's what we all want, right? So today's episode is admittedly a little bit different. It's January, the one month of the year where everyone is suddenly obsessed with wellness and at least briefly becoming a healthier, better person overall. So we're going to be detailing some easy and decidedly non-sucky ways to embrace that healthy lifestyle in January and hopefully beyond. We'll be taste testing some non-alcoholic beers and alcohol-free spirits. I'm going to talk about how I personally drank a gallon of water every day for the past month and the surprisingly good things it did for my body and my mind. On the absolute flip side of that, Thrillist staff writer Ruby Anderson is going to come on to detail her absolutely horrific experience with the super popular keto diet. But first up, I'm here with executive food editor Nicole A. Taylor and senior food editor and certified health coach, might I add, Adriana Velez. What's up? Happy January. Is that what you call it? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're calling it. (laughs) Now, I have to tell you something. This is actually true. When I was walking to the subway this morning, a jogger ran into the back of me. Now, I am no Steve Prefontaine. I jog a little bit, but I know it's January because people are out trying to better themselves, much to the detriment of the public. If you go to a gym, it's packed. You can't even walk down the sidewalk without people running into you. Everyone's thinking about wellness. Lines for the gym are out the door. There's a goop television show looming large in our future. Really? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I heard that. I didn't hear that. Uh-huh. A TV series like on cable TV or on on like streaming it's TV? It's on Netflix. Oh, wow. Wellness looms large in our future. And I wanted to have you guys on to talk a little bit about Januelli, you called it? Yeah. It's a whole celebration. So we were looking at, you know, all of the rituals of January. It starts with New Year's Day, but it it extends. Everybody's eating special foods. They're the rituals of setting resolutions or intentions. And then there's like the group of people who hate on the whole thing and refuse (laughs) to participate in it. And, And it sounded like pretty much every other holiday that we have in the United States. So we're like, we're declaring this a holiday, January. Okay. It's the festival of wellness. <laughs> I mean, I think that making it a holiday makes it kind of fun. I think the point of this podcast today is you can better yourself. You can be a little bit more well for January, but still have fun. And on that note, right in front of me, I have a non-alcoholic beer. Are you guys down with dry January? I'm down with dry curious January. <laughs> I I usually don't drink. I try not to drink too much yeah. anyway, just because um, I'm happier that way. Uh, but the man, the holidays are just... Right. I drink. I'm not even going to lie. I had a glass of wine last night. Okay. I feel like I can't like do everything in January. I'm like doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. And I'm being super conscious about not eating fries and sweets. So I'm like, Lord, I cannot take out my alcohol, my glass mm-hmm. of wine at night. So I'm not trying to do every single January thing. You can't do everything. You'll overwhelm yourself. For me, I tried to do dry January this year. And I, I actually lasted till January 3rd. And, <laughs> and the reason why is because like I was just out at dinner and, um, you know, I just I don't really drink at home at all. I drink when I go out to dinner or when I go with friends or when we're taping this podcast usually. But I just broke. I had a glass of wine. I didn't you know, I didn't get drunk. 
Which is why this non-alcoholic beer really intrigues me. We have the Upside Dawn by Athletic Brewing Company. And Zach Mack, who's our beer writer, who you guys know. Yeah, Zach is awesome. He's great. Actually, the first time I saw that beer or put my late eyes on that beer was at at Zach's bar. ABC Beer Co. in the East Village in New York. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. So this is Upside Dawn. That's a funny pun. By Athletic Brewing Company. This is supposed to be one of the better non-alcoholic, no ABV brewing companies uh, in the country, according to Zach, and I trust him on beer, so yeah. crack this open. In addition to being non-alcoholic and tasting good, Athletic Brewing Company um, is known for creating beers that are good for a post-workout recovery Got it. treat as well. 50 the calories. El- electrolytes. Yeah. I have some at home. I haven't had one after a workout yet because I work out at six o'clock in the morning it's a weird time for beer but i keep meaning to yeah. do something and then see how it feels after i have one of these well this could be a great morning beer because there's yeah. no on it yeah that's have true. you ha- I mean, have yeah. you um this is your first time trying this. honestly it oh, is wow. this Let's is the first time i've ever tried a non-alcoholic beer even uh old duels i think is the classic one. Oh, oh that's old school i know i've never had it oh there we go <sighs> okay and the can is really pretty. It's like the, the design is dope. It gives you the illusion of a real beer, which is, I think, what you want. This is a non-alcoholic golden. It tastes really good. Wow. It's very smooth. It has that really light bitterness that I like from lagers. Mm-hmm. I could drink this. I could go out to a bar, have this in my hand, and still feel like, you know, one of the gang. But keeping my dry January uh, yeah. goals. If you go on thrillers.com and click on the food and drink tab, if you're looking for more recommendations for non-alcoholic craft yeah. beers, we did a whole roundup. Uh, yeah, this one keeps coming up. So you drink this at home, Adriana? Yeah, I, I have had it at home. Sometimes even um, the act of having an alcoholic-like beverage will right. give you the same effect. You know, it'll be like, ooh, I'm relaxing with my drink, even if there's no alcohol in it. So placebo buzz a little yeah. bit. This is what Zach predicted to be one of the biggest trends of 2020. Yeah. I could definitely see that catch on. Now, I'm really interested in this next thing we're trying. This is Seed Lip, which I've read about. I read a New Yorker piece about it. How would you describe it, Nicole? It is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Okay. Um, It's a bitter meets simple syrup, but very herbal. Okay. So I don't want to say this word, <laughs> mocktail. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people like the mocktail thing. But that being said, it is an ingredient that you can add to a drink to give people who don't want alcohol something a little complex, something that will challenge yeah. your taste buds a little bit. I have it at home for friends who don't drink, mm-hmm. um, and I've made cocktails for them. And I brought it today, so I've made you a little concoction. This yeah. is seed lip tonic, okay. just regular tonic water, and some dehydrated lemon or some kind of citrus that someone sent to us. It was a blood orange. Yeah, it was a blood orange. A dehydrated blood orange, seed lip and tonic. Well, cheers. Cheers. Cheers to uh, 2020 and a blown dry January. But I'm learning a lot today. That's interesting. I mean, it doesn't fool you into thinking you're drinking alcohol by any stretch, whereas a beer kind of does. If someone gave me this beer, the athletic brewing, I would be like, okay, this this probably has alcohol in it. This, I can tell, does not have alcohol in it. But I'll say this. Look at how we're serving it. You know, we're in our podcast studio. We have it in a regular water glass. If you were in a bar having this and and you had a person behind the stick, as they say, shaking this up, adding other ingredients, putting a flower, having it in a coop, you might have a different experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's still a grown-up drink that someone took the trouble to stir together and with a bunch of different ingredients. And I think drinking in general is not 
of sure, people want to imbibe and they want to taste the spirits, but mm-hmm. it's more so about holding the vessel when you put the glass up to your nose. What do you smell first? What does it look like? I think that that's all a part of a drinking experience. So you can recreate that without having alcohol. Right. Yeah. And it's not cranberry juice with seltzer. It's got still got that adult level of sophisticated flavors. Yeah, seed lip is definitely the future. You're going to see more and more. You're starting to see more distilled non-alcoholic spirits. They're based in London. Yeah, that's the big one, though. That's Diageo bought a majority uh, share in Seedlip. And that's ah. how you know. Oh, <laughs> Diageo. They own like yeah. every single liquor brand. Well, that's how you know that this is something worth keeping your eye on. For sure. But when I said it doesn't taste like alcohol, that doesn't mean I don't like it. It just is not, I think, kind of like the Impossible Burger to me. <laughs> it's not going to fool you into thinking it's meat. It's, it's an alternative. And I kind of think of this in the same way. I think another thing that we're seeing are low alcohol cocktails, like a a Spanish vermouth with some tonic or something. So it's not necessarily a a binary thing where you're like going totally dry. You can experiment with low alcohol as well. Yeah. I have to say these two drinks, both the beer and the Seedlip cocktail, they would make dry January a lot easier. Especially when you're out and about. That's what I mean. That's the hardest part for me. All right, so instead of giving up alcohol for January, I decided to insert something in my life. Uh, I took the water gallon challenge, which is drinking a gallon of water every day for a month. I did this three years ago, and I tried it again, guys, and Mm -hmm. I got the same results, possibly even better this time. We're going to cut to a quick break, and then I will tell you what happened. Glowing skin. Yeah, actually. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. Okay, I'm here with uh, our producer, Molly Schulson. I needed someone to talk to about this, so I'm not just speaking into the void. What's up, Molly? Nothing much. All right, so this is day seven of the Water Gallon Challenge. It's exactly what it sounds like. You drink a gallon of water every single day for an entire month, and um, it's supposed to do wonders for you. It's supposed to make your skin better. It's supposed to help digestion, circulation, Creation of saliva. I'm reading this off the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Transportation of nutrients Mm. and maintenance of body temperature. Do you drink water? Yeah. I actually got a planner recently and it has little cups and you could check off how many cups you drink every day. And I've noticed that I do not drink like eight cups or however many you're supposed to. And it's troubling. Well, that's what I mean. It's definitely something that I feel like in the past few years, people have really started paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think rightfully so. I think the first thing that you should know about drinking a gallon of water every day for a month is that it's hard to keep track. Yes. Like calling back to your planner. I, the easiest way, but also in some way the stupidest way, is to just have a giant gallon that you carry around with you. Yeah. But it's not pleasant because it's not cold. People give you weird looks on the subway. Yeah. If you have like an hour by hour <laughs> regimen written on a gallon. Um. What I do is I have a water bottle that's a set amount that I'll drink, you know. Mm -hmm. When you get to work, you figure out, okay, these cups at work, 20 of them equal half a gallon or a full gallon or whatever. Oh, God. And then you just kind of have to keep track and do the math. But the first thing you'll notice is how fucking hard it is and how much a gallon of water actually is. And the second thing you notice is how much you have to pee. All the time. (laughs) With this, it's like every 20 minutes, honestly. Did you look up how many glasses of water people on average drink? 
Like, I'm wondering if people are like, oh, I drink a lot, but then they realize they drink like one third of what a gallon is or something. I didn't. I don't know if those stats are. I feel like everyone is really different. Like, I I talked to some of my friends and this one girl I know was literally like, I don't drink water at all during the day. Like, I don't drink water. My mom doesn't drink water. That's so weird. How I don't know how those people live. Um, (laughs) I consider myself to be a water drinker, but, you know, a gallon, a gallon is a lot. The first thing you do notice is honestly how much you pee and how crystal clear yes. your pee is. Um, <laughs> I peed four times during The Irishman, which is a three-hour movie. And were you doing it like regimented every hour you have to drink a certain amount? Or was it like the end of the day and you're like, oh my gosh, I have like one-fourth of this left? Yeah, this second time around, I've actually been better at that. Because I remember three years ago, there were times when it was like, okay, shit, it's like 1130. I have to drink <laughs> like a quarter of a gallon. Yeah. So it's really just keeping a uh, consistent... Just always having water in your hand, always drinking. It's like cramming for the finals, like the night before, just like chugging water. You don't want to be there. I know that a lot of people, when I first did this, were like, you could kill yourself by drinking. You cannot. If you drank a gallon of water, like if you chugged it, Mm. you you could. Um, I feel like I've heard of someone dying like on a radio contest or something. It was like, who could chug? Water the fastest. I think they won like a GameCube or something. But no, that's <laughs> not worth it. That's uh, you you can do that. But if you drink a gallon of water throughout the course of the day, if you don't have underlying health or kidney problems or something like that, you will be okay. <laughs> it's safe, but it's hard. Um, but it's only been one week, so it's like I feel good. I'm peeing a ton, <laughs> and I'm excited to see what happens as I as I go through. Yeah. Cool. Good luck to you. We'll check in what? Day 15? Yes. See you there. Okay. All right. We are back checking in. Day 15. Two weeks through the water gallon challenge. Halfway through. I know. Uh, How do you feel? Good. Are you drinking more water? I've been trying to since (laughs) our conversation. I feel like I still haven't quite hit, at least on my planner, that eight cups a day. But it's hard. You forget. Yeah, you do. That's why like you really just have to be disciplined with it. Well, some people also there's like apps to remind people to drink water. Yeah, That's a thing. I've seen that. So how do you feel? I feel I feel great. I really do. I'm peeing a lot. I'm thirsty all the time. Um, I'm happy all the time. I feel kind of like my grandpa. Why actually. are you thirsty all the time? Because <laughs> okay. that's that's OK. So when you consume that much water, your body gets used to it and you start to crave it all the time. So it's weird. If <laughs> You're I go addicted to water, I think so. There could be worse <laughs> things to be addicted to. I will say one thing. This is going to sound weird, but I am a very hot sleeper. Uh-huh. Like I, I don't really sweat, but I like give off a lot of heat. I've been described the same way Have as you? a radiator. There, yeah. <laughs> as like a small human radiator. Um, I'm literally cooler. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It does. That's interesting. I'm sleeping through the night. That's another thing too. Water intake and sleep, I think, are very related. I feel like I'm waking up with a lot of energy, mm-hmm. um, which means I'm also not drinking as much coffee as I used to. One, mm. because I'm drinking water all the fucking time, but <laughs> also because I don't feel like I need it as much. And are you doing anything else to maybe contribute to this Increase in energy. I'm purposefully trying to do everything I usually do. Yes. Um, I will say that it's wild how much just this small change to your diet affects the way you feel. And I know that people are probably like, obviously, what you put into your body affects yeah. how you feel. But it's it's weird how it affects your mood. 
I feel like after two weeks, you know, maybe after one week, it's like, okay, that's a placebo effect. You just think you feel better. Mm -hmm. But after two weeks, you know, I'm not always thinking about, oh, I'm doing this experiment, whatever. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm in a better mood. So when you say you feel better, what exactly does that mean? I'm usually a happy person, as you can personally attest. Mm -hmm. And uh, Perky. Yeah. I, I think that um, I have a lot of hidden stress that I don't show. <laughs> Through these, <laughs> I know I have this tough As exterior. You're gripping your microphone stand. <laughs> well, no, that's my point. I, I don't mean to get really heady about this, but I, I do feel like my stress levels have have dipped. I feel better. Like I just feel more relaxed all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think it can be a coincidence. I really don't. Yeah, I feel like I've read when you're dehydrated or like need more water that you may be more susceptible to stress or like drinking more water reduces that in some way. Yeah. And I'm not I, I I'm not like even a firm believer in homeopathic medicine or things mm -hmm. like that. Where I'm like, don't take that pill, just drink more water. But I do think that um me having moderate levels of just like everyday stress, yeah. I, I do feel like that that's dipped. Very cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I'm not a vain person, as you know, <laughs> as I remind you a lot, but uh, I do think that I look a little bit better. I saw Ooh. my mom <laughs> and she was like, you look a lot healthier, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that meant I wasn't you healthy before. on the verge of death. Yeah, I think that's I what she you. meant. But no, people definitely say... Yeah, a glow to your face. Yeah, like I'm pregnant. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I think it's true. I feel less dry. Yeah. It's winter yeah. in New York now. You get kind of dry from the radiators. It's also like the problems I had over the course of the first week are gone too. It's like, it's not a struggle anymore <laughs> to drink that much water. It's kind of like just part of my everyday routine. Yeah, you're drinking too much perhaps. I don't know. I'm kind of thirsty right now. And I have to pee. True to form. <laughs> So we're going to go do that. I'm excited for these next two weeks. I'm not going to see you because we're on holiday break. But when we come back, we'll figure out um, how I feel in at the end of this great experience. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay, day 30. The Woo! last day of my water gallon challenge part two. So this thing is technically over. Everything I said in our previous two check-ins uh, remains true, just amplified even more. Um, I need sunglasses because you're so shiny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and not in a gross way, shiny in like a beautiful way. Maybe. There's one thing that <laughs> I, I was just like up late one night thinking about. I feel like my hair and my fingernails are growing faster. Really? <laughs> you're like, I, you're that, like a plant. That look you gave me, yeah. No, but I kind of think that's true. I do think that one important thing note at the end of this 30 days I really like the way I feel and I'm seeing a lot of positive benefits but like everyone is different and I can't say that everyone out there should be drinking the same amount of water yeah the biggest point I think is that people aren't drinking enough water overall and everyone probably could drink a little bit more yeah and I think in a month newly dedicated to wellness this is a relatively easy low impact way to add something to your life that will probably make you feel better. Anything else that surprised you? Yeah, I will say I did weigh myself before and after. You know, I don't think this is the thing that's going to make you lose like 10 pounds yeah. without changing anything else. Unless you just drink water. Yeah, unless you just drink water, which can't be healthy. Uh, I lost about three or four pounds, depending, which is pretty good, actually, yeah. without changing anything else. Yeah. And I have to chalk it up to drinking all of this water. There's probably some pseudoscience out there that 
oh, it increases your metabolism. I just think、mm. I was drinking less things with calories and then also eating less because you kind of fill up on water, like、mm-hmm. snacking less.、Mm. That's probably what it was.、Um, Interesting. I also, this is important. I kind of just realized it talking to you right now. I feel like I haven't been super hungover this month. There you go. And that's probably because I've been drinking、You're、so much. You're super hydrated. Yeah, exactly.、Hmm. Interesting. We need to go back and redo that hangover episode we did. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> just be like, just drink a gallon of water and,、uh, every day. Yeah. That's all you need to do, people. Right. What are those biscuits you love? m c f e e d i e s Steady combination of both. <laughs> so, will you continue doing this? I probably won't continue to monitor.、Mm-hmm. What I hope to do is. Try to keep this level of drinking water up because I, I kind of dipped in the past three years.、Um, but that's pretty much it. I recommend it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs. Two gallons.、Um, <laughs> tell your friends, pee a lot. Woo. The human body is 70% water, I think they say, right? Yeah. I'm a little bit more. Wow. Yeah. It shows. <laughs> Thank you. All right, now that I've detailed my month of drinking a shit ton of water every day, Let's go back with Adrian and Nicole, where I'm going to try some alt sweeteners and vegan cheese. I am very suspicious, especially about that first one. So, we're back with Nicole and Adriana. What else do you have for me that might make my transition to January a little bit easier? Everyone wants to be vegan in January. Don't you feel like that, Will? Wants to be vegan? I feel like everyone wants to be vegan right now, period. See that、yeah. people want to make super healthy choices, of course, but also people just want to have fun too and they want to、totally. eat and drink good stuff. So, we brought some cheese, it's it vegan cheese. It smells so bad. Okay, it okay, <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't smell that bad, it doesn't look that bad. It looks like slices of you know, like pre sliced cheddar. <laughs> You're saying that these are non dairy, they're non dairy, yeah. Let's taste them first and let's see if I'm a little bit. What,、right. what brands、Here's、are these? The, Follow your heart. Okay. And, this、uh, is field, field roast is popular. And field roast. They do like the fake meat. See, this makes giving things up easier when there's like very good substitutions that kind of. It looks just like white cheddar cheese. It smells like cheddar cheese, like a smoky. This is not terrible. Which one are you trying? The,、um, follow, the follow your heart. I followed my heart.、Um, it's not a great cheese, but it's like. It's not bad. It's tolerable. I don't hate it. This follow your heart smoke good up. It actually tastes a lot like cheese. If someone gave and was like, hey, this is cheese, and they gave it to me, I would say, it sure is. Yeah. Like the Impossible Burger, coconut oil plays a dominant role. Okay.、Um, potato starch, cornstarch flavorings. This is a great substitution for cheese, I have to say, honestly. The Field Roast, the creamy original vegan cheese,、yeah. this is not. I, I would it tastes be- like nothing. Yeah, I would believe it's cheese, but I would be like, I don't really like whatever this is. But the、uh, follow your heart actually gives me hope for vegan cheese in the future.、Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cutting out dairy is something I never even really thought of. I mean, have you ever had like a really bad cold? The first thing they tell you is like, no dairy. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, too, eating a lot of dairy sometimes, if you're looking at calories, I know some health people are like, well, don't worry about calories. Yeah, the dairy can be like full of calories.、Sometimes. I believe that.、Mm-hmm. So, we're also looking at the new alt sugars.、Okay. Um, Nicole and I were talking about this because people are looking to cut back on 
refined white sugar, but it can be hard to go without any kind of sweet stuff. I I know that game. Yeah. Yeah. I see it as kind of like harm reduction sugar, so it's not quite as refined. um, But I think that there's also a few health benefits in some of the sugar substitutes. I just use this stuff. I wasn't even paying attention to the health benefits. I'm just like... I don't want to use white sugar. Yeah. I live and die by coconut sugar. Yeah. Where should we start? If someone out there was like, I just want to replace the sugar in my coffee or in my oatmeal, what's the closest approximation? Well, I'll tell you, I I also brought some monk fruit sweetener, and that is the one that visually at least most closely resembles regular white okay. sugar. Yeah. I've never so had that we before. Should try, everybody grab a spoon. Yeah, I'll take a spoon. Yeah, this is okay. I'm a and virgin. We'll all kind monk of try the monk fruit and see what. How we much think. does this cost? That's that's a whole big. They point. were all like around seven or eight dollars for the yeah. bottle. Is everything a lot more expensive than yes, <laughs> than yes. the quote unquote real thing? Yeah, yeah. Superfoods are notoriously expensive. It's super expensive, except for the apples that grow right here in New York State. <laughs> Was that a plug? I, Was that um, a plug for Big Apple? No, no. Okay. New York State apples are small apple. Okay, I'm gonna taste this. Maybe I'm crazy. What is this? Monk. I keep wanting to call it monkfish. Monk fruit. <laughs> monk fruit. Sweetener. Monk fruit. Sweetener. Okay. What do you think, Will? It definitely looks like sugar. It doesn't. It like dissolves in your mouth yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Like almost immediately. It's really sweet. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it tastes like, I don't even know if this makes sense, but it tastes <laughs> like cartoon sugar to me. It does. I'm trying to think of like a candy. It doesn't taste exactly like a pixie stick. It doesn't yeah. have that really, really sweet onset, but it kind of tastes like it's light. It doesn't, some type of candy that I'm, try, I'm, I'm on a hard time. It doesn't sit on your tongue after you finish it. Like no. Granulated sugar does. It yeah. dissolves. It tastes like if you were to microwave, like, you know, those little chalky candies and kind of eat one. Smarties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not totally so I'm not totally sold on the monk fruit sugar. Yeah, something about it. There's some kind of little weird aftertaste or mm-hmm. something on there. Yeah. But I will say it is better than artificial sweeteners. All right, so now we're going to try coconut sugar. This is my favorite. I use coconut at home. Okay. The first time I really bought coconut sugar, it was after a trip to the Philippines. Okay. Now what do you put this in, Nicole? I use it for baking. Okay. Um, I do a lot of overnight oats. Instead of doing avocado toast, I do a sweet, sweet potato toast with like cream cheese, and I'll sprinkle a little of this on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really yummy. That's nice, right? Mm-hmm. That's actually delicious. It can be pricey. I, I'm going to assume that it was probably a little bit more than the muck. That's really, wait, so what brand is this actually? So this Supernatural. Is Supernatural coconut sugar, best for bakers. This is delicious. It kind of tastes like brown sugar a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got a caramelized taste to it. It definitely does. Better for bellies. It contains insulin, a prebiotic fiber. Um, This is delicious. I could eat this by the spoonful. Okay. This might be a stupid question, but this is better for you than the white sugar that I would just normally dump into my coffee. Well, I mean, like it has inulin, a prebiotic fiber that reduces sugar highs and keeps your gut happy. I think so, some of these alternatives, um, the sugar's just not going to hit your system quite as quickly, which is what causes the uh, seesaw effect with your insulin and drives your blood sugar levels high and then you crash and it's a whole terrible cycle. So um, that's the advantage. Um, on the other hand, there's the whole glycemic index, like how sweet it actually tastes and they say right on the package, this isn't a, a one-to-one thing. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to use uh, the same amount of 
Oh, monk, monk fruit is one to one though. I just read that on the back. Yeah, not the coconut sugar. I know we're talking getting all like geeking out over the health benefits in the food, but like I think it's just fun to try different stuff and not do the same thing again right. and again and again. You know what I'm saying? For the new year, I know I write down like try new things, get out of that same old boring ass routine. Yeah, and it's just like to go down the sugar aisle at your grocery store or your supermarket or whatever and just see what's new and like try some new stuff. That's what I'm saying. Wellness can be fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it should be fun. You should just try some stuff. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of trying stuff, so we, we tried the powders. So we also have date syrup here, right? These I are too little. I freaking love the date viscous syrup. Viscous liquid. All right, let's. What brand is this? It's called Just Date. Okay, I'm going to try this. I'm a date hater. Oh, let's see. I'm going to let it go. Yeah, it's really good. This is actually delicious. Oh, but it totally tastes like dates. This would just make whatever. I mean, like it's a sweetener, right? So anything you want to add a little sweet to. I wonder how it would work in a cocktail. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or non-alcoholic. Or like anything that you would put simple syrup in and just like replace this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Okay, so far, far and away, the coconut sugar is my favorite. Then the pretty close behind is the date syrup. And then a far distant, really far back (laughs) is the monk fruit. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's people out there that love monk fruit. So next up, we have staff writer Ruby Anderson coming on. She's going to talk about this article she wrote almost exactly a year ago about her very, very, very bad experience with the keto diet. Adriana, I know you are a certified health coach. What are your thoughts on keto? I think it's a rather extreme diet. Yeah. Um, it was first developed for people with epilepsy, I believe. Uh, for, for particular diseases, it's been very effective treatment. Um, and it does help you lose a lot of weight very quickly. But that's actually not necessarily a good thing. When you lose weight quickly, uh, you throw off your metabolism and you end up gaining the weight back. And then it becomes even harder to lose that weight. Your metabolism is just never the same. It, it can result in a lot of yo-yo dieting. I think what we also see is that it distorts your relationship with food. So people who've been doing keto for a while start viewing carbs of all kinds as like evil and harmful. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% in favor of it. My sister loves the keto. She does like a lighter version of it where she still eats fruits and vegetables. So, you know, I, I think f- some people find a way to finesse it so that it's not quite so severe. Yeah. She got a ton of hate on this article. I'm not surprised. No, people are obsessed with it. So yeah, we're going to talk to her a little bit about that, her experience and the follow-up from that article. It's coming right up. Okay, so quick disclaimer here. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know we're mostly about having fun, right? So this next segment might be a little jarring. We want to put a warning on here for anyone who has struggled with eating disorders or issues because we do touch on that a little bit. And also, we want to clarify that Ruby is not a doctor or a nutritionist. She is simply recounting her own personal experience and subsequent conversations with professionals about the keto diet. So please, everyone, take that into account. And here we go. All right, we're here with Ruby Anderson, staff writer for Thrillist and all-around great person, if I do say so myself. How are you today, Ruby? I'm very good. Thanks for saying that, Will. Very good or very well? <laughs> I'm very well today. Thank <laughs> this you. This is all this about is... wellness. Uh, so almost a year ago, you wrote an article for our food section called Cato Could Help You Lose Weight and Destroy Your Life. Am I saying that word wrong? Cato? Well, most people say keto. Keto? Maybe 
it could be keto, but it's based on ketosis. So okay. it would be keto by that shortcut. I think I am saying it wrong. I'm saying keto. Like keto. the keto diet, like the keto Kalen diet. Yeah. The keto diet is when you witness a murder and you're in a yeah. high profile murder <laughs> case and you lose weight from all the stress. The yeah. keto diet. You wrote keto can help you lose weight uh, yes. and destroy your life. Yeah. Um, so I think most people have probably heard of the keto diet, but really, can you just describe it uh, as you know it? Yeah. So basically what you do when you're on the keto diet is you don't have carbohydrates for the most part. You try your best to avoid carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And the goal of that is like you're depleting your body of glucose and glycogen stores, which like your body would primarily use for energy. So when you deplete yourself of those glycogen stores, your body has to rely on something else to make energy. So through the liver, your body produces this thing called ketone bodies. And those ketone bodies, when they're being produced actively, um, you're in a state of ketosis. And the ketone bodies are produced from your existing fat stores. So that's where people get the idea. And, you know, they're right that when you're on keto, your body's burning a lot of fat or like burning fat a lot quicker than you would if you were just like slowly like decreasing your calories. So what's on the table metaphorically and actually? Um, what I would eat like in a typical day would be like eggs for breakfast with avocado. And then I'd have like some sort of meat for lunch, like steak or that's one thing is like on keto, you can eat like steak and things, whereas yeah. red meats sort of people tell you to steer clear of that. And I'd have um, broccoli sometimes. Like people are probably familiar with the paleo diet. Mm -hmm. It's about the same thing, but it's usually higher percentage of fat. Right. Yeah. You know, that doesn't sound that bad to me. Eating bacon and butter on a diet. I think, you know, do you think that's the appeal for a lot of people? Um, yeah. People really like that you can just set really simple rules for yourself and then you could just go batch it on everything else. So the standard diet that's supposed to help you lose weight is just everything in moderation. With yeah. keto, you don't have to eat your bacon in moderation. Like you said, you can really like go ham on the things that you enjoy and it could feel for a really long time. Like it's a big party. Mm -hmm. um, and also like on the keto diet, people say that, oh, you could also have a cheat day. So you are in this state and then you go, you lose all this fat and then you could go back to eating what you want for a little bit. And then you just go back and these cycles are eventually going to lead to like a optimal uh, weight or yeah. like a super toned bod. The, yeah. This specific system by my own brief internet research was developed in the 1920s as a treatment for epilepsy. And it seems like it kind of rose to prominency uh, in modern times via Joe Rogan, who talks a lot about keto, but he readily admits it's not for everyone. It doesn't necessarily endorse it for everyone. Why did you think keto was right for you when you dived into the diet? Part of the reason everybody thought I was a guy when I wrote about keto <laughs> yeah. is because I was bodybuilding and I loved Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. Um, and I love Joe Rogan and I loved smart dieting. So I think keto really appeals to people that um, they want to go above and beyond. And I wrote once like, while regular diets are Google, like keto is seen as Google scholar. And I think part of that is because the foundation of keto was medical. It was like, oh, why would it be bad for you if people who have epilepsy are magically cured from removing something like they see it then as toxic? Yeah. All these foods that you're not eating, you don't have to eat them forever. And I loved it because it was like, I loved the science behind it. I loved Joe Rogan's energy. I loved that, you know, he was doing so many good things for himself outside of his diet. He was just like an optimizer, which is like such the American thing is like optimize your whole life. Sure. And keto, like 
not only did they promise that you lose weight, they promised you'd be smarter. They promised you'd you'd work quicker. That like you know, like they gave you all of these empty promises that like I fell for for years. And how long were you on it before you quit? I was on and off for four years ish, wow. but I was on solidly for a year and then spiraling for that second year. So what were your first couple of weeks on keto like? Um, so I, <laughs> this is funny because I was working at a drug test clinic. Uh-huh. Like I was way too young to do that, but my mom had connections. <laughs> so I started keto. And how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Like 16. Okay. Um, and so I tested people's pee. Mm-hmm. So one of the things on the strip was keto, like test your ketones. And so I was just eating. I was a vegan also, which is like mm-hmm. like the amount I was eating was nuts. But like basically I'd go in every morning and I felt really, really tired. And my dad told me later on that I'd come home and I seemed like really downtrodden or like I was not having a good life, yeah. uh, which was a radical shift from how I was like a year before. And um, I would test my ketones in the morning. Like I'd go in with those strips before I had these like middle-aged men pee in front of me and I would pee myself and I'd look and I'd see, okay, I'm in ketosis today or I'm not in ketosis today. People, when you go on keto, they say you're supposed to go, you're supposed to experience like a keto flu. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the keto flu? Okay. So the keto flu is this idea. I asked one guy um, who does, he makes keto products. What, what exactly is keto flu? Because you could read about it. Like this is what you're going to experience, but then it's going to go away. Yeah. And then he was like, well, keto is technically a diuretic. So when you start on keto, you're going to lose all these nutrients, which like I'm just imagining like pissing out all your nutrients and then you're going to feel really bad. But when I asked nutritionists, they were like, oh, it's your body being deprived of an essential macronutrient. (laughs) Yeah. And you feeling sick because you're starving. Your body's in starvation mode. That makes the most sense. Yeah. But the thing about people doing keto and the thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about that I've been doing it long term is like the cravings start hitting in a way that I can't even explain. Like seeing even that, what is that like a fruit smoothie? This is a mucho mango from Juice Generation. Your mucho mucho mango Uh would be the death of me. I'd be, it'd have like (laughs) eyes and it'd just be staring at me and like pulling its finger over it. And like, I- A come hither look from the mucho mango. Yeah, a come hither look from the mucho mango. And like the first time I broke was like soon after I went on keto, I just, I wrote about this. I I ate an entire jar of oats dry, yeah, like a maniac. And I wrote in my iPhone notes, something's wrong with me. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? I was trying, and I didn't know really about binging at the time, but it's like, yeah, you, you the cravings and the fatigue and the irritability, like that stuff sets in pretty soon. Why do you think so many people have attached themselves and in some cases their whole identity is to keto? You know, so much so that they dedicate a lot of their free time to going on Reddit, going mm-hmm. on message boards, to berating people like you who have written articles just talking about your own personal experience and making yeah. it very clear that you're not a doctor, yeah. that this is your experience and this is what happened to me and you're just you're just telling people. Yeah. Why do you think it inspires such passion in people? It stems from absence or it stems from community. It's like sort of a religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's going to keep you protected, something you can focus on. Like everybody needs that in life. Um, something that might make you better than other people in some way, superior to other people. And then also the absence thing is you're afraid, like with eating disorders, if I give this up, what do I have now? Yeah. I'm just going to be fat like I was, and I'm going to have all those bad things I used to have when I was fat, or I'm not going to feel as confident as I do now. But what people teach you in like eating disorder clinics is you use all of those ruminations and obsessions to mask other things that you think might be wrong with you or with your life. And I think that's why keto is like a perfect solution for adulthood and like all the ambiguity of adulthood and weight loss goals, which are culturally really um, supported. 
So yeah, it's honestly easy to dedicate yourself to something. Yeah. To avoid all your other problems. Yeah, it's like work. You have like you have really great work ethic. I'm not saying you're using to mask your problems. Are you talking about like, me personally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I, I just noticed you have like incredible work ethic and Thank like you. you're very motivated and like that's not necessarily the only thing in your life, but it's a big part of it. We can send this to our, to our <laughs> bosses though. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. But like that probably gives you a certain amount of like oomph every day to get up. I have to go do this. Like, yeah. so, oh, I have to get up and I have to run before 10 o'clock because then I, then it's my first meal of the day. Like sometimes it's enough for people. It was enough for me. Yeah. So, yeah. As someone who has gone through this and someone who clearly did not have a positive experience what would you say to someone that would come up to you and say, you know, I'm thinking about trying the keto diet? I mean, it depends on the person. Yeah. My dearest loved ones, I would treat them like they're about to join some cult. Right. But um, I think if I, if I meet someone who has some severe health issues and nothing else is working for them and, you know, they're at risk of developing diabetes or something if they keep up the weight, I would tell them, do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I don't know your personal struggle, but just maybe while you're on keto, like, read about changing your relationship with food. Don't just read about removing a food group because at the end of it, when it's over, because it's going to end, uh -huh. what tools do you have to prepare yourself for the real world of carbs and, you know, all that? Which is really the rub for me with um, January being a month of wellness. Yeah. Because everyone dives into it. Mm -hmm. And then when February 1st rolls around, it's like, all right, whatever, done. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, yeah. I feel that way with the gym when people set up gym memberships and they don't like the gym. Like maybe work towards finding something you actually like a skill based thing where you're like, oh, sick. I feel good that I learned how to do something or play racquetball or do something communal yeah. because that's going to be what lasts and the gym's not. So we have a lot of fun on this show. And just to be serious for a second, uh, I think it was super brave of you to like share your personal experience, both in the article, which is Kato could help you lose weight and destroy your life by Ruby Anderson so everyone out there can read it, but also to come on here and talk about a negative experience that you had with a super popular diet that, you know, people hate when you do this. They really do. <laughs> Tweet me, Ruby yeah. <laughs> No, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> totally. that. Totally. And thanks for coming on and talking about it. And um, I hope some people read your article and at least think about it a little bit harder before they dive into such an extreme diet change. Yeah, I hope so too, please. I'm cool. begging you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ruby. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Will. Okay, I'm back with Adriana and Nicole. Uh, Adriana, if someone wants to safely and happily celebrate January, what can they do? Well, I think uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is just approaching it with a spirit of fun and trying new things. There may be a new habit that you really take to and that you can run with. Um, I think one of the lessons we learned from Ruby's experience is like, maybe don't run with an extreme diet, especially without consulting a nutritionist. I would say if you're hell-bent on, on certain goals, definitely work with a nutritionist to make sure every other aspect of your life is, is in order. And also kind of ask yourself, why, why is this important to me? I think when we, when we think about our weight and our size, I think that's just such a narrow lens with which to see ourselves. It's definitely not the most interesting lens to look at yourself through. Like, am I thin? Am I not thin? There's so many other dimensions to who we are. And so I think thinking of health in a multidimensional way, am I, how is my emotional health? How is my spiritual health? How are my social relationships? All of that. Yeah. But yeah, going back to fun and trying new things, I think maybe, you know, that's why we're declaring it a holiday is just like, go out and find out what an 
non-alcohol beer tastes like. Yeah. Go see see if you can go with the you know one fewer cocktail when you go out. Um, see what kind of plant-based foods are out there, and if you like, maybe some of them um, move a little bit more throughout the day. Take a try and take a walk every single day. Um, there are a lot of like small things that you can do to participate in this wonderful holiday of January. Most definitely. You don't have to go overboard and you really don't have to change your lifestyle that much. Uh, I think that's important. Or you can ignore the whole thing and pretend it's not happening. That's <laughs> exactly. Okay too. People do that for a lot of holidays. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, I hope January catches on in a real way. Thank you for bringing all of this wonderful stuff into my life. You're welcome. Before you go, take a couple minutes of your time to fill out our survey. Again, it's in our description, or you can go straight to thrills.com slash survey. While you're there, check out some articles. I write sometimes. I want to thank Jim D'Amico, Megan Kirsch, and Ocean McAdams on the Thrillist side for making all of this happen. Brett Kushner, David Zwick, and Emily Feld, our Group 9 fam. My podcast partner in crime, Molly Schulson, who produced this episode. iHeartRadio's Mangesh Hatakudor. Our editor, Randy Scott Carroll, and of course, our mixer, Ernie Injured Dat, who makes everything sound great. All right, we'll see you next week.